0: Uh, Exodus chapter 18. Uh, We're going to be reading uh, in the ESV, verses 13 through 23. We encourage you to look that up uh, if you have a Bible or Bible app. Um, We will be uh, projecting it up here, though, so just know that. Uh, Again, it's Exodus chapter 18, verses 13 through 23. We took a little bit of a detour during uh, sort of the Advent, Christmas season, New Year's, and all that. But we're going back into our... um, this firm foundation, this kind of looking to the origins of our faith to understand how do we build a firm foundation of our faith. Um, And so, yeah, let's take a look at this. So may the Lord bless the reading of God's word for us. The next day, Moses sat to judge the people and the people stood around Moses from morning till evening. When Moses' father-in-law saw all that he was doing for the people, he said, what is this that you are doing for the people? Why do you sit alone? And all the people stand around you from morning till evening. And Moses said to his father-in-law, because the people come to me to inquire of God, when they have a dispute, they come to me and I decide between one person and another. And I make them known, make them know the statutes of God and his laws. Moses' father-in-law said to him, what you are doing is not good you and the people with you will certainly wear yourselves out for the thing is too heavy for you. You are not able to do it alone. Now obey my voice. I will give you advice and God be with you. You shall represent the people before God and bring their cases to God. And you shall warn them about the statutes and the laws and make them know the way in which they must walk and what they must do. Moreover, look for able men from all the people Men who fear God, who are trustworthy and hate a bribe, and place such men over the people as chiefs of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties, and of tens. And let them judge the people at all times. Every great matter they shall bring to you, but any small matter they shall decide themselves. So it will be easier for you, and they will bear the burden with you. If you do this, God will direct you. You will be able to endure, and all the people also will go to their place in peace. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. All right. So today's message, we're going to be, it's kind of like an intro to the law. Uh, So that's very foundational. Maybe sometimes we don't really understand what to do with the law. It's something that I think Christians have like sort of this weird, uncomfortable relationship with the law. And, you know, I I always kind of joke around that, that A lot of times people are really determined to read the Bible, but they always get stumped once they start the law, you know, they start getting discouraged. So we want to help you to understand from a Christian perspective um, and in context what the law is about and why in many ways it, it should be something that we see as wonderful and good, even though maybe from a New Testament and a Christian perspective, we may look at it from a slightly different angle, but it's still very good. And so uh, today's message, it is about directions. So I have a question for you. Um, How do you know where to go in life? How do you know how to get directions? And, uh, you know, I'm not just talking about directions like, how do I get to campus from here, you know, when someone like stops you on the street and they're like, hey, do you know where the, the Michigan Union is? You know, but just in general, I think a lot of us have this question. Where do I go in life? How am I supposed to live? What career should I have? You know, uh, uh, what are the kinds of things that I should be doing with my free time? Or, you know, and, and oftentimes I think it's usually these big pivotal moments in our lives when there's like a crossroads, like what school should I go to? What job should I take? Those kinds of things where we really seek direction. And I am talking about that, but just in general, where do you get your direction from? And um, I think maybe for a lot of people, uh, there's a very, very simple answer for that. It is the internet. (laughs) That's for most people nowadays, right? That's where we go to for direction. Google it, you know? And I I just wonder, is that the best way to get advice? Because, I mean, really there's so much stuff on the internet, right? And you gotta think that, okay, Amongst all of the things out there, there's got to be like some good advice, but how do you really know? I remember when uh, we got Lucky, our dog, uh, it's now been about five years. It's hard to believe we've had Lucky for five years. And, uh, you know, in the beginning, uh, because I never really grew up with dogs and I didn't really know how to take care of them. And so, you know, I googled a lot of stuff about how do you take care of dogs. And I got to tell you, the advice that I got was terrible. It just didn't work, you know? And, and just a lot of times like, like, you know, I, I'm not one of these people who just goes to the first website and just takes that information. But I was trying to get like like sort of a quorum, you know, like, like to kind of scan all the websites about like the best knowledge for how you train a dog. And you know, what, what do you do? Uh, how do you house train them? How do you discipline them and all these things? And I was looking it up and, and just, you know, by the way, I know a lot of people are thinking about getting dogs during the pandemic, but you know, if you do, uh, I, w- I would encourage you, don't just go off what you see on Google. <laughs> don't just see, go off what you see on the Internet. Even when, uh, like, I would go to all these websites, and, and, and I swear that these websites, they're just reading each other's websites and they just write the same thing, you know? But that doesn't make it right. At least for me, in my context, I found that it was bad advice. Maybe you've had that experience, or maybe you've just been overwhelmed. Where do I go? What do I do? How am I supposed to figure this out? And that's where I think faith is supposed to come in. That's where scripture is supposed to come in, right? And nowadays, I mean, it is one of these things where, you know, we talk from time to time about biblical illiteracy. Just in this day and age, so many of us, even Christians, don't really know what's in the Bible. You know, we don't really know how to read it, you know? And so part of what we've been trying to do in this Firm Foundation series is to set a foundation for, um, not to give you really detailed stuff, but how do you approach this whole Bible? By the way, just another plug for the Bible project that Connie's going to be leading. It will be a deeper dive, so definitely check that out. But there is this question of, okay, even the Bible, you, you, you have this Bible, and you know, what do you really do with that? You know, how do we get direction? And and I wanted to just uh, take a look at the scripture because this is our preview to the law, right? This is kind of what leads to the law being enacted. And if you want to understand the law, you have to understand that the people of Israel had no direction. So maybe they're kind of like us, right? They were really wondering, what are we supposed to do, right? I mean, you got to remember, they were enslaved in Egypt, and so they followed the laws of Egypt, right, because they would have been subject to them. And then all of a sudden, they find themselves mysteriously free, you know, and that's great, but what do you do now? you got all these people, and they're just kind of roving around in tents, and, you know, th- there's really no order to their society, you know? And so y- you see that uh, there would be people who would go to Moses with complaints. You know, if if someone like stole their camel or something, you know, or somebody, uh, I don't know, the property lines went too far into someone else's tent area, you know, like, what would you do with that? And so they would go to Moses, right? Why? Because well, you see here, uh, Moses sat to judge the people. And, you know, it just so happened that Jethro, his father-in-law, was visiting. And he was watching Moses and he was sitting down, which is kind of like this kind of like, you know, he's like sitting as a judge. And the people are standing around him and they're, they're, they're you know, asking him all these things. And, and Moses is there morning till night making decisions. And Moses' father-in-law is like, what is this that you're doing? Why, why do you sit alone? Right? Why are you the only person up here? Right? And Moses said to his father in law, because the people come to me to inquire of God. So the people, you know, when they have a dispute, they're like, okay, we do want direction. Right? We do want to know what God would want in this situation. We do want to know the will of God. So who do we go to? Moses. Remember that guy? He's the guy who split the, the Red Sea. He's the guy who took on Pharaoh. He's the guy who told us about God speaking to his people. Let's go to that guy, right? Because he's an intermediary. And so back then, the people didn't really feel like they had a personal relationship with God. They didn't really feel like they were getting direct answers from God. And so when they had problems, naturally, they would go to Moses, right? And so Moses is like, yeah, so you know they want to hear from God, so they come to me, right? And so, and then he says, I make known the statutes of God and his laws. And by the way, uh, you see that, that it's when the people had a dispute. That's when they went to Moses, right? When they had a problem. And by the way, that's usually kind of what happens with us. You know, we inquire of God or we seek advice when we have a problem. You know, but I think overall, and as we get further in to uh, what the law is about and what the word of God is supposed to do. Hopefully we see it not just for direction when we're really stumped, but just general direction in life. But there is this refrain you see in scripture that kind of sets the tone for what the law was about. Um, and, and to be honest, what scripture is about, what our faith is about. And it's actually found a little bit later, uh, in Judges. In Judges, there's, uh, in two different occasions, it's the exact same phrase. You will see it repeat. And it it says in Judges 17.6, in Judges 21.25, it says, in those days, there was no king in Israel. Moses is not a king, right? Is he a prophet? Yeah, he's got a prophet type thing. Is he a judge? Well, he's sitting down kind of in this judgment seat, so it does kind of seem like he's a judge, but, you know, for the longest time, There was no king in Israel. Where did the people go? What did the people do? Where did they get their direction, right? And it says, everyone did what was right in their own eyes. I mean, I I just kind of feel like this was written for America today, you know? Everyone just does whatever they want to, right? I mean, seriously, go to the grocery store or, you know, just step out of your house for two seconds or go to the internet and you will see that everyone just kind of does what is right in their own eyes? Is there a standard? Is there something that tells us what we are supposed to be doing? I mean, everyone thinks that what they're doing is right, but how do you really know? And have you ever tried to argue with somebody? who really is convinced that they're right. And maybe you're convinced you're right. And you're just sitting there and you're making the same arguments again and again and again. And no one convinces anyone of anything, right? You just sit there and you just get upset. You're like, oh my gosh, they're so stubborn. And they're thinking like, oh my gosh, you're so stubborn, you know? But this is what the people were going through, right? Everyone just doing whatever they wanted. And so at least in this passage, you see that people want to hear from God. They want to know what God's direction would be, at least in these cases of disputes. So how do they know that? In the system that they had of one man being an intermediary for God and all the people, it was not working. So they needed something else, right? And so what ends up happening is Moses' father-in-law says, what you are doing is not good. You and the people with you will certainly wear yourselves out, for the thing is too heavy for you. You are not able to do it alone. Now obey my voice. I will give you advice, and God be with you. You shall represent the people before God and bring their cases to God. He's like, that's still true. We still need people who know God who can help people with directions, right? And you shall warn them about the statutes and the laws and make them know the way in which they must walk and what they must do. So, One of the things that's kind of interesting in this passage is, like at least in terms of the formal law, there was no law. So where was it? What is is Jethro talking about here when he says, and you shall warn them about the statutes and the laws, and make them know the way in which they must walk and what they must do. The statutes and laws we often look at as... I mean, let's just be honest, like a pain in the butt. You know, it's restrictions. It's, you know, people telling us what to do. And, you know, we were talking uh, before, the mess, uh, before the service that, man, people in America really, really don't like to be told what to do. I don't think any of us really like to be told what to do. You know, um, I don't know if you guys have been at the grocery store and somebody just gets really, really angry about having to wear a mask. You can't tell me what to do. It's America. You know, and We really, really don't like any imposition, right? Any laws. I mean, let's be honest, that's what America was founded on. We didn't like, you know, England's laws. So we're like, no, you can't tell us what to do, you know? And, but in many ways, then what are you gonna do? Where are you gonna get your direction, right? And so, like maybe in most cases, you know, the people are like, yeah, Moses, don't tell us what to do, but oh, we have a problem. Now we have this dispute. So now what does God say, right? That's what's happening in this passage. And even with those cases, it was way too much for one person to do, right? And so what is happening is that there needs to be a way that people can know the will of God, right? I mean, what if you were to like, I don't know, like write it down. Like in a book, you know, and then you could give people this, these, these laws, right? These principles, these statutes for how you should live your life. That's what's happening. I I mean, you know, I know that's a couple chapters away, but that's where we're going with this. That's what this is about, right? And so, a lot of times, people look at this as, uh, you know, uh, I've heard messages and done Bible studies where it's like, oh, you know, this story is about delegation, and it is right? I mean, don't get me wrong. It's like, you know, don't try to do everything yourself. Yes, that's a part of it. But it's also about how do we transmit the will of God to people? How do we get to know that, right? Is there just one person like the Moses, the the one person who knows the will of God? Or can more of us know that? And so this is what Jethro suggests. He says, moreover, look for able men from all the people, men who fear God, who are trustworthy and hate a bribe. And place such men over the people as chiefs of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties, and of tens. And let them judge the people at all times. Every great matter they shall bring to you, but any small matter they shall decide themselves. So it will be easier for you, and they will bear the burden with you. If you do this, God will direct you, and you will be able to endure, and all the people also will go to their place in peace. And so, the delegation, it is about, you know, making sure that more people can know the will of God. I mean, you got to think that at the end of the day, there were some people that got turned away because they couldn't talk to Moses, you know? And so it's like, hey, what about you get people who are trustworthy, who love the Lord, who fear God, and, and you know, they're, they're, they have great integrity. They will not take a bribe, right? But they will live their life by these principles of God. They will live their life according to I know we don't like to say the law, but that's what it's about. It is about trying to live your life in accordance with the will of God, the blueprint of God, the plan of God. And when you live your life in alignment to that, your life should look different. And if your life looks that way, maybe these are some of the people that should go out there and help advise other people, right? Trustworthy people. What makes people trustworthy? you know, I was kind of joking around, but being serious, where we usually go for advice is to just any old website. How do you know that it's trustworthy? I mean, there is so much nowadays where we talk about uh, fake news, right? And, and increasingly, just many of us are just getting our news from wherever, right? Why? And why is it that increasingly in America, there's certain people who have get one set of news, right? Like they hear certain messages and ha- they have a certain ideology. And then on the other side, it's, it's so different, if not opposite, right? And those things seem to be at odds. And it's like when you talk to each other, it's almost like you're speaking a different language. How can that be? How did that happen? I really want to encourage you. I mean, it's a more complex problem than, than what I can present in sermon form. Uh, I really, really want to encourage you. If you have not checked out Netflix's documentary, um, it's called, or, well, it's on uh, Netflix. Uh, I, I don't know if Netflix actually made it, but it's called The Social Dilemma. And out of all the things I've seen in the past year, it's probably the thing that I've been thinking about the most that has kind of stayed with me. And I really, really want to encourage you, if you want to understand why we're so polarized, please check this out. Because you think about where do you get your news? It's usually from the internet in some form, right? But this is the thing. What usually happens is that on social media platforms, or when people are clicking around, right? Um, it used to be that advertisers would just put out whatever information, right, like like whatever they wanted you to buy, right? And they just kind of hoped that they would get the right audience. But nowadays, what the internet is able to do is they're able to custom make news for you. They're able to custom make advertising appeals to you, right? And and they do it based on your interests, based on the things you're already clicking. Now, so think about this. News and media and all these things, right? Like you get money every time someone clicks. So remember, we don't like being told what to do, right? I mean, I know this, I know in the law, right? I think part of the reason why the law is so unpopular is because there's so many things we do not want to hear. I know, I know we can do a deep dive, and we will, into the law. And they're like, well, Pastor Steve, we're in a new covenant, and we're not subject to the law. I know that. But even in Jesus' most direct uh, uh, teachings, where they are like commands, right? Where, where the, there's things about, like, you know, what we're supposed to do with our money, things like that. We don't like to hear that stuff right we we like to flip through that so what usually happens is for everyone we pick and choose what we want to hear but nowadays on social media right like like just think about it like if you are let's say you know very very liberal you know and you are clicking on articles and things that are very very liberal what incentive does uh, you know the 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 social media this algorithm right i mean it's not people it's just a program right? But their interest is to get you to keep clicking. So what are they going to give you? Something you don't want to hear? I'm not saying it's true or not, but have you ever heard the phrase, the truth hurts? Have you ever been exposed to something that you did not want to hear? It's true, but it's painful. It happens all the time. I mean, oftentimes, like, they they even say, like, be careful, right? It says in Scripture over and over again, in Proverbs, be careful of people who are flatterers, right? They just tell you what you want to hear, right? Oftentimes, the best advice, the best friends will come from people who tell you the opposite or tell you when you're wrong, right? I I mean, you know, to me, I kind of know that I'm really close to someone. When someone can say with love, Steve, actually, I don't think this is right. Or Steve, you know, have you looked at this? And, and, and they kind of know how to speak that into my life in a way that I can hear it. But I will tell you, if it is, in, if, if it is contrary to the way you are already living, contrary to your comfort, it's going to be painful, right? I mean, how many times do you wish that people on the other side of the aisle would hear your news, but the thing is they don't want to hear it Right? nor do you want to hear their news. And so social media has no incentive to put things that you do not want to hear, because you will not click them. So what do they do? Like any good flatterer, they give you what you want, more of what you want. And by the way, what they usually end up giving is things that are more extreme. You know why? Because more extreme things get more clicks. Something very, very reasonable, or like, hey guys, everything is fine, no need to worry, you're not gonna click, right? But you're like, oh my gosh, there's a new strain of the virus. Click, 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 click you know? Oh my gosh, do you hear about what this person said? This super racist thing? Click, 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 click. Right? That's how it works. And what ends up happening is that you get more of what you want, of what you want to hear already, of what you already believe, and you get more set in it. The word of God does not work that way. <laughs> we even talked about last week, you know, how Jesus uh, was getting big crowds. And what does Jesus do? He tells them something they don't want to hear, right? Um, you see Jesus do it again and again and again, right? There's all these people coming, and then he starts talking about the cost of following Jesus, of following him, how much they're going to have to give up. You know, there's another time where he gets uh, all, all these Jewish people, right, um, and then he starts talking about eating his flesh, which would have been very, very repugnant to a Jew, Jewish audience. You know, of course, we know he's talking about communion, you know, that sort of thing. The, he's the bread, right? But people they couldn't hear it, and we're told in Scripture in John that so many people stopped following Jesus that day. Jesus wasn't really concerned about that. He wasn't really concerned about tickling people's ears. Well, brothers and sisters, we have to think about this. We have to consider, what is it that we are really open to hearing? And yes, if we are really open to hearing the word of God, you I, I can guarantee you, there's going to be rebuke in it. There's going to be things you don't want to hear. But it's very telling about where Christianity is. I mean, I'm just saying, I, You know, please, I, I'm not trying to be too judgmental, but the largest church in America by a mile is one where they just tell people what they want to hear. This is more prosperity gospel than anything, right? It's honey messages, no vinegar. And I'm not saying that we always need to give people vinegar, but if you're never getting it, is it really the word of God? Man, there are so many times where as I search scripture and as I go deeper in faith, I mean, I'll ask God, God, can you speak to me or can you guide me? And usually what gets revealed in my life is something that I really didn't want to hear. Something really, really painful, right? And I ask God, God, can, can you help me to grow in this year? Like, oh my gosh, if you pray that prayer, it's going to hurt. We call it growing pains. There's going to be things that you are so set in your ways. You are so convinced that you are right. And, and God may reveal to you something really ugly about yourself. Or so, some counterpoint to, like, I don't know, maybe someone that, that you didn't want to admit that they were right. Your pride won't let you do it. But then you, you, you have to start admitting, oh my gosh, maybe I don't know everything. Maybe there is some merit to their argument. Oh, it's so painful, right? We don't want to hear it. But who do you really trust? No, because the internet, I know I'm kind of talking about it like this monolith, but, you know, it, it's about clicks. It's about getting you to hear what you want to hear already, right? So you keep clicking, you know? And by the way, I mean, maybe there's some people who don't think that way, but how do you know who to trust, you know? Who do you go to? Maybe you're not just going to the internet, but maybe you talk to people, you talk to friends. Um, So, I mean, I'm gonna say something and just try to nuance it a little bit, but, you know, I know one of the, the very important things for a lot of people in the age group where a lot of people in LGM are, you know, kind of young adults, relationships are very important. And I will tell you, very, very few people ever ask me about relationships or ask for my advice. And I say that as somebody who, when I was, uh, uh, I want to say like a freshman in high school, I remember um, there was this guy at my church who was like, he was like the youth director. He wasn't really a pastor, but he was like, you know, like volunteer youth director. And uh, just one night, It was like at a church event, it was really late at night, we're all eating lamian or something. And, you know, I normally don't really talk to people about that, but I had this girl problem, you know? And it was like really, really weighing on me. And I'm like, okay, you know, I normally don't talk to like like older people about this, but I'm just gonna ask advice, his advice. So I asked him, you know, like, what do you think I should do? And like he didn't even really give me advice, but he was like, Yeah, you know, this one person said that maybe we actually shouldn't date or we shouldn't get in a relationship. And he was like yeah, I actually agree with them. I think that's wise. That is not what I wanted to hear. It is not. And so, I, like, like, seriously, there's this moment where I, I remember this to this day. I mean, I was like 14 years old. That was, I'm giving away my age. But that was like 30 years ago. But I still remember this moment where I decided in my heart like a pledge to God. I will never talk to a, a, a pastor, a, a, a youth group director. I will never ask them about relationships again. Why? Because I knew what I wanted. You know, and, and I think that there's certain people that we won't turn to, not because we don't think that their advice is true. It's because we don't want to hear from them. Look at who Moses trusted. Now, obviously, uh, you know, I I showed the dollar bill here where it says, In God we trust, which, you know, I mean, that's a longer message, but, you know, it's kind of ironic, too, that it's on dollars because really just many of us now trusted money. Again, a different message, too, but, you know, who do we really trust? Now, we can say we trust God and we can say we trust the Word of God, but like we said, a lot of us don't really know how to approach the Word of God yet. We're going to learn. We we want to give you some tools to do that. But in many ways, um, you know, as we are learning, and even when you know how to interpret the word of God, it really helps to have people that you trust, who know God, who love God. Like in, in the case for Moses and the people of Israel, these people of great integrity, these people who fear the Lord, right? And they know how to handle the word of God and how to interpret it you know, do you have people like that in your life? Why do we turn to the internet? For for one, I mean, you can just get anything you want. So you can kind of sift through, ah, that's not telling me what I want to hear. And you can keep going. This is what people do, right? I mean, oftentimes, I have to admit, in the beginning, I did not want to believe that the coronavirus was real. I didn't. And so I kept searching the internet to find Coronavirus is a hoax. I looked that up early. This is before everything was shut down. But in the beginning, when you started hearing the rumors, I started searching coronavirus is a hoax. And guess what? You will find coronavirus is a hoax on the internet if you look hard enough, right? And you don't even need to look that hard. But, but then you read the article, you're like, I knew it. It's a hoax, right? But there could be hundreds of other articles that tell you it's true and give you compelling evidence. But if you don't want to hear that, you can find exactly what you want. But some of it is also the convenience. I mean, you know, just any time of night, you know, it's two o'clock in the morning and you just want to know something. We just go to the internet. You know, it's easy. It's convenient. It's anonymous. You don't need to embarrass yourself, you know. Uh, But how many of us have somebody that you really trust because they know the Lord? Do you have those kind of people in your life? I want to encourage you. If you don't take anything from this message, I want to really, really, just urge you: Can you pray for a friend like that? Can you pray and maybe you know you you could sit down and just try to think about who is somebody that I can trust and turn to? And you know, can I become that kind of person for someone too? I mean, that that's a whole other message. But do you have some Moseses in your life? Do you have some people who can speak? difficult truth into your life. And be careful. If that person always tells you what you want to hear, then find someone else. I mean, they can be a great friend to hang out with, but they may not be the person for advice. And if you have more than one person, even better, right? Because people are not perfect, right? And I'm not saying take somebody and put them in the place of God, but it's very, very helpful if you have at least some people. And even if you're like, no, no, see, in this case, that person is wrong. Can you at least consider it? right? And that's the thing. I mean, you know, for me, by the way, like whenever someone comes to me for advice, I never tell them what to do. I'm never like, hey, you should do this. (laughs) We were talking before the message that just so many of us, for our parents, it's so hard for us to talk to our parents because they usually are just like, yeah, stop, or, you know, do this, or go study harder, or whatever, you know, and it's just direct. It's just like a command instead of like, huh, you know, let's look at both these angles. And, you know, what what, what are you feeling? What, what do you think the Holy Spirit is, is telling you? You know, so often it's just, no, no, you're wrong, you know? And sometimes you need that. But there are many times where it's just about how do we really get that direction from God? And if there are some people who have a better connection, can you go to those people? I, I, I want to... Uh, just end with a scripture here. This is Psalm 119, 105. And this was in a, a very popular, um, it's now super old school. But it's a very popular Amy Grant song when I was growing up uh, called Thy Word. But it says, your word is a lamp to my feet. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to yeah, I'm not, yeah, it's been a long time. But <laughs> your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. As we learn more and more how to handle the word of God, right, the hope is that the word of God will be like a lamp to your feet. You know, back then they didn't have light bulbs and they they didn't have, you know, street lights and things like that. So lamps were the way to go when you're in the dark. And many of us, we feel like we're in the dark. We don't really know where to go. And I'm not saying scripture will always be very clear. It's like, you know, you open up into, you know, uh, James or something and it's like, Don't take that job. It's not that direct, right? We know that. But there are many times as we learn to handle this word, just more and more, we will start to understand the will of God. We will start to understand God's blueprint. We will start to understand God's heart, right? And as we do that, there are many times where I read scripture and I'm like, yeah, I don't like the scripture today because it's just a little too true. Have you ever had that moment? If you have that moment, then you are experiencing that glorious illumination that illuminates sometimes the dark places, sometimes the places that you don't want to see, right? If you get that, you'll understand why so many times in Scripture, you know, all of Psalm 119 is a love letter to the law, something we hate now. We hate it. We don't want to read it. We don't want to hear it. But in Psalm 119, just the, the poetry is so beautiful, talking about, I love your, I love your law, O oh Lord. It's like honey to my lips. It is so sweet, even when it's bitter. Why? Because that is the will of God. That is the mind of God. That is the direction of God, right? Because what is the alternative? Have you ever followed that internet advice and either it just makes you more stubborn, more set in your ways? was just plain wrong or maybe you've heard from friends who mean well right and and they they're like okay maybe they just my friend needs a cheerleader right now and they're like yeah yeah you know you you do what you want you do what you want and it just just wasn't good advice But how many times are there where you have to admit you're wrong or you have to take a u-turn or you have to deviate but it ends up being more life-giving in the end has anyone ever told you a hard truth and as you learn to embrace that, and you get humbled, you get humiliated, but in the end, there is life. That's the word of God. Because we look at this world, ourselves included, the world is made up of broken people. Why is this world so broken? Because it's made up of broken people who live their lives however the heck they want. Whatever is right in their own eye. But what if more and more of us align ourselves to the will of God, even when it's hard, right? And we learn to love like Jesus. We learn to have the character of Jesus. We learn to align to the the kingdom of God. And what if that prayer we pray in the Lord's Prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, would be true? in the, the lives, in the hearts and minds of each individual person so that our societies, our, our, our world started reflecting the will of God? What would that look like? If People, even though it's hard, we learn to share. Even though it's hard, we learn to forgive. Even though it's hard, we learn to swallow our pride, say we're sorry, really listen to the other side, give up our rights, give up our stuff for the sake of, of the poor and the vulnerable, what would this world look like? I mean, you know, I I don't really need to tell you about the news this week. I think everyone saw it. About what happens when we don't listen, when we don't have any rebuke, when we don't hear the other side at all, right? May we be people who seek the word of God, who seek his truth even when it hurts, not just when we're desperate, but for all of life. Can I ask the praise team to come up? And let's just, you know, we'll just leave the scripture up here for a second and you can just read that, meditate on that. Let's just take a moment to just let that sink in. I like to do this when I read scripture. It's just, you just kind of read the word again and again. Sometimes you just kind of slow it down. You know, just read that again and again. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Maybe you're drawn to a certain word, and, and you just want to stay there for a second. Lamp. Light. Path. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light. To my path. God, we confess there are many times we just sought our own direction, our own truths, our own facts, just what we want to hear. And God, we know that the Word of God won't let us get away with that. Lord, you want to speak truth even when it hurts. God, I know for many of us it takes repentance and it takes humility. It takes sometimes humiliation for us to learn truths about ourselves, about the world, about you. But God, may this be our prayer that we desire truth as you do in the inmost parts. If you desire it, God, then we want that to be our desire as well. Speak to us, Lord. And may we be people who learn how to listen and can confess when we really don't want to, when we just want to hear what flatterers say, when we just want honey and not vinegar. God, forgive us and help us, God, to be open to your word, to the seed that can bear much fruit. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.